0: All right, welcome to fanatics football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate mate and terry what's up guys what's up? so All right, in today's episode, uh, we're just going to break down the AFC South Division. Uh, We're going to take a look at a fantasy preview for all of the teams, and then we'll just do a breakdown of uh, all of the positions for each team and sort of rank them out in a tier. And then uh, we'll just finish off with uh, sort of projecting the divisional record for each team. Uh, So let's just get right into it. We'll start with the fantasy preview here, and we'll start with the Houston Texans. Uh, Mete, let me get to you first. Uh, Just describe the quarterback situation for fantasy with this team.
1: All right, so the quarterback fan uh, situation for fantasy in Texas is well, Houston. What am I saying? Uh, is kind of shaky right now. So I was looking at Deshaun Watson at first. So right now we're not sure if he'll be playing in the 2021 NFL season due to his off-field issues. So uh, it's unclear, and I feel like if he's playing, uh, you're giving a you're given a confirmation that he's uh maybe serving like a short suspension of one to four games or I don't know somehow he gets out of it he's not even suspended and he's playing uh he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback for sure and he might even be top five so you should be drafting him if you know that he's going to be playing he's a he he should be your starting quarterback for your team and then Tyrod Taylor was the second guy I was looking at. He's probably the next man up in Houston. So if you're in a really deep league, uh, Tyrod Taylor might be worth a look, actually. So I think he's a solid veteran quarterback who does his job. He won't be throwing too many interceptions. He can run the ball. Uh, He probably won't be throwing the ball too deep, but he'll still uh, make smart decisions with the ball. And in deep leagues, he can probably be a backup quarterback and maybe you could even start him if you have a bye week for your starter or your starter has a bad matchup and Tyra Taylor has a good matchup. So keep an eye out on him. And then Davis Mills, uh, the rookie quarterback, I think was drafted third round by the Texans. Uh, he might be seeing some snaps later on in the season if either Tyrod Taylor is struggling or if the team is struggling for wins. So uh yeah, keep an eye out on Davis Mills as well. He's probably undraftable unless you're in uh dynasty leagues.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think pretty much uh these quarterbacks are mostly off the radar unless Deshaun Watson does play. But uh let's just get right into the running backs uh, for Houston. It's a pretty muddy backfield. So Terry, I'll get to you. I guess who do you project to be fantasy relevant from this backfield?
2: Three guys that are on my radar at the moment. First guy, David Johnson. Everyone was caught off guard with uh, Johnson's performance from last year. I believe he had over a thousand yards total. Uh, having mentioned that, without a star QB down in Texas, I would more than likely avoid drafting DJ at this rate. Uh, I got him in uh, deeper leagues at a high running back three, but in the shallower leagues, I had a at Flex. With Philip Lindsay, it's a shame that. Uh, he had to go to Texas because he's one of the better league uh, league running backs. And he could easily take the starting job. But for fantasy purposes, I don't believe he's going to be fantasy relevant as much. It's basically the same uh, level as David Johnson. Because of the reasons I stated with the QB situation down in Texas, at the moment, uh, if he does get starting job, I have him low running back too and deep and then flex in shallow leagues. And then third, Mark Ingram. Uh, he could pass. We have some weeks where he's easily a running back three, but the problem is we can't give an accurate forecast for which one of these, which one of these running backs, uh, will be fantasy relevant. So just pay attention preseason wise, and then you'll get a better picture of the forecast.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that analysis. Uh, it's just a very muddy backfield. Uh, I think we just have to keep an eye and see who sort of emerges as the the top option there, and I guess. Potentially, one of them could get cut and it might make things a little bit clearer, so we'll definitely have to see about that. Um, let's just get to the Texans wideouts now. Uh, Nate, let me get to you for that. I guess, um, who do you like and where do you project them in fantasy?
3: So, for the Texans uh, wide receivers, I have Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Kiki, I think, Cote, I can't pronounce it Cote, yeah, yeah. So I mean, their ceiling is going to kind of depend on who's playing um, QB. Like, for example, if it's going to be Deshaun Watson or Tyrod Taylor. Um, I guess just uh, checking, I guess, last year's um, fantasy points per game, Brandon Cooks had 12.8, Randall Cobb at 8.1, and Kiki at 8.8. So if Deshaun Watson plays, then you can kind of expect that level of performance from each. But if it's Tyrod Taylor, I think Kiki might have um, maybe a little bit of an increase considering that Tyrod likes to throw short. So um, there shouldn't be too much of a drop-off overall. I think Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback, but um, there might still be like a little bit of a drop, but all three of those, I think you can um, take a look at them in fantasy. Brandon Cooks, maybe like a wide receiver, I guess, a wide receiver two. And then Randall Cobb and Kiki, maybe like a wide receiver three.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, he's definitely uh, the main wideout for this team. Um, With Watson, like you said, he'll have at least uh, 12 fantasy points per game and half point PPR. And then maybe might drop to maybe nine or 10 with a guy like Tyrod Taylor. And then, uh, I guess like what you were saying, uh, sort of look for who's going to be playing the slot, whether it's Cobb or Kuti, because you said Tyrod might like to throw shorter passes. So uh, I guess wh- whoever's playing there would definitely benefit from that. And then I guess just overall, probably not put too much stock into this wide out core, I guess, um, until you know who's that quarterback. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. All right, I'll just get into the, the Texans' tight end situation here for Fantasy. Uh, the first one I have here is Jordan Akins. Uh, he was uh, there with the team for the last couple of years at least. Um, I'd probably put him at a low-end, tight-end two, um, And that's just sort of depending on who's playing quarterback and I guess the amount of targets that he gets. Um, I know he sort of flirted with, I guess, a tight-end two and a waiver-wire target. Uh, Last season in 12-team leagues, I expect pretty much the same. He's one of those guys that's sort of boomer bust. He'll have like a a two-touchdown week, and then he might only get two targets the next week. So that's definitely something you have to keep an eye on for Akins. Then they drafted tight end uh, Brevin Jordan uh, this past year in the draft. Um, As of right now, um, being a rookie and not knowing who his quarterback is, I sort of have him off my radar. He's pretty much to be left on the waiver wire but he is one of those guys that can definitely, um, you know, overtake Akins on the depth chart, maybe become fantasy relevant just depending on uh, if Tyrod Taylor attaches to his tight ends or maybe Deshaun Watson likes him as a target. Whoever's playing quarterback, that's definitely a situation you have to monitor. So those are sort of the two guys that have definitely, um, they, they should both probably be left on the waiver wire. Unless you're in a deep league, you should probably draft Akins, And then I guess just sort of play it from there. You know, if they, if they have to pass a lot, you know, being down all the time in games, one of them might become fantasy relevant. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, Let's just sort of move to the Indianapolis Colts now for fantasy. Uh, I'm actually going to start here this time, and I'm going to start with uh, the quarterback situation there for fantasy. Put down Carson Wentz. Um, This is pretty much a fresh start for him. Um, Being reunited with uh, coach Frank Reich, Uh, who he had his best few seasons with in Philly. Um, I feel like last year, things sort of just fell off the rails a little bit for him. Um, But I definitely project him to have a bounce back season this year. I don't even think he necessarily played bad last year, Um, especially in the first half. I mean, he was a top 12 fantasy quarterback in terms of points um, before he got benched. So um, he was still putting up numbers regardless of the amount of interceptions he was throwing. I fully expect him to be a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 at least. Um, and I, I think he's pretty pretty safe whether you want to draft him as your starter. If you draft him as your backup, I think he he's a great uh, guy, you know, to fill in for you in bye week. So definitely he's got rushing. Um, he'll have a great uh, receiving quarter pass too. He's got a great um, pass catching uh, running back in 9M Hines. So definitely uh, he's got a load of options, a great offensive line, be able to punch holes for him if he wants to rush. Uh, I think uh, the ceiling uh, is is great for Wentz this coming year. So definitely a guy uh, that you should be uh, looking at for fantasy this year. And um, just getting to the running backs now, uh, Mete, I'm going to get to you. Um, Who's on the radar for you for the Colts?
1: All right. So I looked at two main guys, and then I guess the third is I'm not too sure. So the first guy is obviously Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He's got big expectations this year. For his sophomore year, he's coming off a great rookie season. Uh, we saw the injury of Marlon Mack allowed to, uh, Jonathan Taylor to see snaps immediately, and he gradually won the starting job there. So uh, he's ranked in uh, the top 10 like overall in most drafts I'm seeing. So I think he'll be a easy running back one in most leagues. And then... The second guy I'm not too sure about, I just talked about him, was Marlon Mack. Uh, he got an unfortunate injury, I believe, in week one last season. So he lost his starting role because of injury. Uh, I feel like with the emergence of Jonathan Taylor, uh, Marlon Mack will probably see like 10 or may- probably even less carries in that a game unless Jonathan Taylor gets hurt or I don't know. They just feel like Marlon Mack's a better matchup that day. So, yeah, I feel like he shouldn't be draftable this year because he's also not the greatest uh, pass-catching running back. So uh, the third running back I was looking at was Naeem Hines, who you talked about briefly. Like you said, he's great at catch- catching passes. So uh, especially in PPR leagues, that's very uh, valuable. So he has a clear role. Like we were. I was saying, he's... Uh, their pass-catching running back. Uh, Even though he's not the starter, he's probably the second quotes running back you want to target. And he could probably be uh, running back two, depending on matchups, especially in PPR leagues. But mostly he's probably running back three and flex. And also he's uh, their punt returner. So if he returns a touchdown, they'll be uh, plus six or however however many points you guys do for touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I think that analysis was pretty much spot on. I think Heinz might even fill in uh, first if if Taylor gets hurt rather than Mack, because I we saw that last year. He can even run on first and second down. So I think those are definitely the two main guys to keep on the radar. And then obviously Mack, I guess, like you said, we have to see going forward. And um, Terry, let me just get to you now on the Colts wideout situation for fantasy.
2: Three guys in mind when you think about the Colts wideouts. First guy, Michael Pittman Jr. All eyes are going to be on him to see if he can break out for fantasy this year after somewhat uh, flat season from last year with all the injuries in Indy. Uh, this year is different. With a healthy wideout core and a QB that favors some targets down the middle, uh, MPJ might be a guy on draft night that's going to rely on a touchdown to remain fantasy relevant this season. In the deeper leagues, I got him at. Whiteout four shallow leagues, I got him at flex. Next guy is the old man of the group. I got T. Y. Hilton. After a slow start last season, it seemed like Forever's finally got the memo that TY was on the team. Easily, I believe, maybe uh whiteout one, two in that stretch of six games for everyone that remembers. And the big question is with TY, does he get a large role with this team this year? And if so, how long will it take to get chemistry with the new QB? If so, low wide out four in deep, and then uh, shallow, got him at flex. Final guy, Paris Campbell. Uh, The time for, uh, I believe, Campbell to break out is probably right now. Unfortunately, most people might avoid him on draft night because I think he has maybe around nine or ten games in his career. So a majority of people might shy away from the 23-year-old. Having said that, I believe most people take a shot in the dark with him uh, with the draft pick in the late of the round.
0: Yeah, I think I can agree on what you said about Paris Campbell. He's definitely worth taking a shot on. I mean, especially if he plays in the slot, like you mentioned, Wentz likes targeting the middle of the field. So definitely um, Paris Campbell's a guy that could potentially see a lot of targets. So definitely worth a shot, like you said. And uh, Nate, I'll just get to you now for the Colts tight end situation for fantasy.
3: So for the Colts tight ends, um, I have his name is Mo Ali, Cokes and uh, Jack Doyle. Um, I think they're gonna uh, be pretty decent this well. Uh, Wentz being on the team raises the ability of the tight ends, but as usual, uh, tight ends are kind of limited in terms of the targets that they get. Um, I think both the Jack Doyle and Um, Mo Ali both didn't really get the most targets on their team, but um, I guess depending on um, how many targets Wentz likes to give to tight ends, they might see an increase, but they also will probably get better quality targets as well, which is probably going to be the most important thing, considering they're probably still not going to get a lot of targets compared to other positions. I think they were both a little bit under five fantasy points per game last season, so Um, you could maybe see them as like a tight end too, if you're really optimistic about them, um, you might be able to take them off the waiver wire, depending on what league you're in as well.
0: Yeah. I think with the two of them, I guess we have to see who Wentz is going to sort of favor more sort of like in Philly, uh, when he had both, uh, Trey Burton and Zach Ertz, uh, during that Super Bowl year. Uh, you kind of had to see who he was going to favor more. It ended up being Zach Ertz, so he was more fantasy-relevant, I guess, with Doyle and uh, Mo Ali, I guess you just got to see, uh, you know, who's going to be the main guy. I know uh, Doyle's more the all-around guy. Mo Ali's more the offensive guy. So if, you, if we see Doyle on the field more, there's a chance that he'll get more targets. But uh, I guess in, in like, um, like gun uh, for formations and so on, you might uh, tend to see uh, Mo Ali Cox out there Uh, primarily, but I guess we'll have to see. And then um, I guess we can move on to uh, Jacksonville now, Uh, just taking a look at their quarterback situation. I'll go right back to you, Nate. Um, What are we looking at here for fantasy?
3: So for the uh, Jacksonville quarterback situation, um, we have Trevor Lawrence. Um, He's the number one pick in the drafts. He's most likely going to be NFL ready from day one. Um, he's getting. Um, he's going to have a decent men- mentorship in Jacksonville in Tim Tebow. Locker room situation should be pretty good. Um, I guess I could take a look at some of his college stats. He threw for over 3,000 yards every year he was in college. Um, I think he... If his uh, first two years in college, he got over um, 30 touchdowns, I think. And uh, his completion percent increased every year. So he's going to be good for sure. It's just a question of how good will he be? How fast will he be able to reach his potential? So um, I think he's going to, I guess, possibly be a quarterback um, to this season potentially.
0: All right. And I guess uh, for Gardner Minshew, he's probably only fantasy relevant if an injury happens with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, for the most part. All right. And um, moving to the Jacksonville running backs for fantasy, I'll just uh, take a look at that. Um, I'll start with James Robinson. He was uh, their running back um, last season. He finished as an RB1 last year. Uh, He was in the top 12 for fantasy points, but. um, with the addition of Travis Etienne in the first round of the draft last year, I see him sort of dropping to like an RB three flex option. Robinson will be the go to guy on first downs and potentially second down. So he's uh, definitely someone that you can look at and you should be drafting. Um, probably like I said, as your third running back, maybe flex option. Um, And then I'll get to Travis Etienne. I feel like that he's also around the RB3 range because of his pass-catching ability. They even mentioned that they might want to run him at wide out in gun formation. So he's definitely going to be on the field regardless of how many snaps Robinson gets. So I definitely have him at an RB3 flex um, type scenario. Um, But I even think he has an RB2 potential uh, in ppr leagues uh so definitely uh, etn uh, i would draft him just a little bit over robinson and then in ppr leagues definitely uh, quite ahead uh, of james robinson um and then in terms of carlos Hyde, um he pretty much should be left on the waivers and probably pick him up if an injury happens to either james robinson or travis etn but um just sort of getting to the wide receivers now. Uh, Mete, uh, who do you have on your radar for fantasy?
1: All right, I got three wideouts from Jacksonville on my fantasy radar, and the first one is Marvin Jones. Uh, He's their big signing this offseason, a veteran wide receiver who should be the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. Uh, So I think he's definitely draftable in all leagues, and he'll have rookie phenom Trevor Lawrence, who we just talked about throwing to him. So that's an that's a addition uh, pro in his favor, I guess. And then um, Marvin Jones, he's getting up there in age-wise, but he's still really dependable. So he's a uh, wide receiver two in deep leagues, probably, and wide receiver three slash flex in shallow leagues. And then the second guy I was looking at was DJ Chark. Uh, Chark has been really great the last two years. Uh, He's been putting up amazing numbers. I think two years ago, he hit a 1,000 yards. And then last year, he missed uh, a couple games, maybe like four or five. So he wasn't able to hit a 1,000 yards. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he outscored teammate Marvin Jones. And he's the leader in fantasy points for wide receivers on the Jaguars. Uh, He's got great upside, I think. He's the same as Marvin Jones. I put him as a wide receiver two in deep leagues and then wide receiver three slash flex in shallow leagues. And then the third guy I was looking at was LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, He was a really fun player to watch. I didn't watch too many Jaguars games, but I know I watched the Dolphins and Jaguars. I think they were playing on Thursday Night Football and Chennault really impressed me uh, he can make players miss. Uh, he can run the ball. They even ran it with him. Uh, and he's listed as their slot receiver this year, but I feel like a breakout season is coming for him. Uh, I talked about the rushing upside. They ran him 18 times. Uh, and then he should be a wide receiver three slash flex option in deep leagues, I feel like. But if you're into drafting sleepers or you try, you like try to... P- predict breakout years you should probably uh look out for chenault jr
0: yeah for sure i think uh, all three of those receivers should be relevant i um, mean if jacksonville's trail trailing in a lot of games uh, lawrence is going to be slaying the rock and those three are definitely going to be getting a lot of targets so definitely something to look out for and then getting to the tight ends terry uh it's pretty interesting tight end situation there are there any guys that maybe you could take a look at potentially in fantasy
2: since I'm usually more of a, I don't know, how should I say this? More, I wouldn't say stricter, but I don't honestly see anyone at tight end on the Jags I would draft on draft night. I mean, Tim Tebow, he seems interesting because, I mean, he has the storyline to go into the year being the tight end. I mean, if you look at the depth charts right now at tight end for them, they have Chris Mannertz, I believe Luke Farrell, they just drafted James O'Soshany, I believe his name is. Uh, Tyler Davis and then Tim Tebow's fifth so realistically I don't see him being the tight end but honestly you just got to pay attention to this uh, position battle during training camp and through the preseason to figure out who's going to be the guy outside of that I mean look elsewhere on draft night
0: <clears throat> yeah I feel like out of the the tight ends on this roster I think uh, O'Shaughnessy had the most targets last season out of the guys still here then you got uh, Chris Mannert coming from Carolina. You got Luke Farrell in the draft, and then you got Tim Tebow, obviously, who's the wild card. So uh, I assume they—they're they're all going to pretty much belong on the waiver wire to start the season. And I guess uh, people should probably uh, monitor the situation. I guess, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, basically what you just said. Uh, I couldn't summarize it better than that.
0: All right, um, and then let's just move on to the Tennessee Titans now for fantasy football. I will start uh, right back with you, Terry, uh, on the quarterbacks for fantasy.
2: Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's been one of the most disrespected fantasy quarterbacks ever since he took the starting job in Tennessee back in, like, 2019, around week six, seven, eight-ish. I mean, since being the starter, he has the third most fantasy points at QB, probably around the high 500 range. And as Kirk Cousins would say, Anyways, back to that uh, fantasy uh, forecast. Two QBs ahead of him uh, during that stretch of time. I believe Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. So he's in the high-year echelon in fantasy. Uh, with the addition of the star wideout in the offseason, I can see uh, Ryan Tannehill being drafted at least the top eight quarterback on draft night.
0: I love how you had the the Kirk Cousins. You like that already queued up and ready to go. That was make- great. But yeah, I I definitely agree with you. He's definitely a QB1 for fantasy. Definitely a a must draft. Um, Nate, let me get to you now for the Titans running back situation. I think it's pretty much cut and dry, but I want to hear what you have to say.
3: Um, It's pretty much like you said, it's cut and dry. Um, Derrick Henry is going to be the guy in Tennessee uh, most likely. I think he led the league in rush yards last year he's potentially a top five running back in the league. He might be like maybe a little bit lower, lower than that, depending on how you see his performance going to be. I guess a factor that you might want to monitor is Julio being on the team now. So they're probably going to uh, do more passing plays for um, Tennessee just because you have Julio. So why not like throw the ball to him a little bit more, but um Derrick Henry is still going to be playing a pivotal role on this team. I feel like um, for now, we should still assume that the offense is going to kind of um, run through him until we see otherwise. And I guess um, for the guy on the bench, Darrington Evans, um, I wouldn't, I guess, like take too much of a look at him. He's... More of like, I guess, someone on the waiver that maybe you could look at at the most, but I don't really see too much fantasy relevance from him.
0: Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Evans is that kind of guy that would only be relevant if Derrick Henry is injured because I think that Henry will stay on the field most of the time. Obviously, Jerry or me, McNichols might catch some passes. Maybe Brian Hill might as well. But yeah, I think Derrick Henry is pretty much the go-to guy here. Um, I'll just get to the Titans wide out situation. Now um, I'll start with AJ Brown. He's a really solid wide receiver one in my mind. Um, I felt like he could probably be a top five wide out a hundred percent if the Julio trade had not happened, but with the Julio, with Julio Jones coming to Tennessee, I think he still does have top five upside. I just, I just don't know if it's guaranteed, but I'd probably take him in the seven, eight or nine range, probably among wideouts. Um, he's really solid, uh, one of the better younger receivers in the league. Uh, and then just getting to Julio Jones, um, I know uh, with Atlanta, he's probably in the wide receiver one range, maybe uh, low wide receiver one. Probably his ceiling is around there. I just don't know how many passes he's going to get uh, with A.J. Brown being there. But he should be at least a low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two. Uh, and he's just got a little less upside in my mind than A.J. Brown does. And then the third wideout I have is uh, Josh Reynolds. Um, He's pretty much like a wide receiver, five slash six. In my mind, it just depends on the targets. Um, With Derrick Henry being there rushing the ball, sometimes they'll rush him on both first and second down. Um, That only opens up like one or two downs of passing. So that really limits um, anyone outside of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in my mind. So you definitely have to keep an eye on the targets for Josh Reynolds. And then just sort of getting to the uh, tight end situation for Tennessee. Uh, Matteo. I'll just get to you.
1: All right. So I just looked at one tight end for Titans, and it was Anthony Ferkser. Uh, he's probably their starter this season. And uh, I feel like he's another player who could be in for a breakout year. Uh, he's young. Uh, he's only started two games in his career, which uh, is kind of alarming. But now that Janu Smith is off to New England, uh, he's kind of the next man up in Tennessee. So uh, I feel like last season he started one game and I don't know. I was checking the waiver wire one week and I think he had like 30 plus points that week he started. So yeah, I feel like he could actually be a breakout tight end this year. I think he'll be a tight end two in all of all leagues for sure. And maybe uh, even tight end one in deep leagues because you never know with tight ends.
0: Yeah, I agree. The tight end landscape is always really tough to project outside of mainly like the top three or four guys. So uh, definitely if you feel like throwing a dart at, at a certain team's tight end, uh, definitely do so. I think that it could benefit for you in the end. But yeah, I think that's pretty much the end of our fantasy preview. Um, so let's just jump right into our our, our sort of division uh, outlook here Um I'm going to start with looking at the quarterbacks uh, in the division. Um, Terry, let me start with you first. Uh, just sort of uh, rank the quarterback situations in this division and just sort of explain why you have them there.
2: Titans at one, Colts at two, Jags at three. Then I believe I had Texans at four. Um, Titans, we all know, as they just said, Tannehill was one of the more disrespected QBs in the league or one of the le- least talked about. So I got him at one. Colts I got with Wentz, I mean, it's more of a clear-cut decision because, I mean, he's not – he doesn't have the clean bill of health as Tannehill had in the past couple of years, but he's way past what Sunshine could be or what Tyrod Taylor is going to be down in Texas, if you get what I mean. Uh, third, I basically just said it, he's been winning all his life and then I feel like Sunshine's going to have a chance down in Jacksonville and then I got Tyrod Taylor at four.
0: Yeah, uh, let me just disrespect Ryan Tannehill one more time. Uh, I'm going to put Colts at one, Titans at two, Jags at three, and Texans at four. Uh, to be clear, if Watson does play, I would have Texans at number one. But I do have Colts at number one because pairing Carson Wentz and Frank Reich is a dangerous combination. I just feel like it's pretty much destined for breakout. Um I'm not saying anything bad about Tannehill necessarily, because I do think he will have a great season having Julio Jones there. But in terms of what Carson Wentz can do overall with his legs and just being that offensive juggernaut that I've seen that he can be, I definitely like the upside with him. I got the Jags at three, like you said, Um, Lawrence. I mean, he's been doing it all his life at every level. I think it'll definitely translate to the NFL. And then I have the Texans at four because I'm not 100% sold on, on Tyrod Taylor being the starting quarterback. Like Mete said earlier, he's pretty much a guy that you can just p- put into the system and he can just run the system, but uh, he's not really going to provide any upside out of that. Uh, so um, actually, I'll just use that as a way to get to you, Mate. Uh, what do you think about the quarterbacks in this division?
1: Uh, yeah, I mostly agree with you. Um, I went Colts number one. Uh, I feel like Carson Wentz will rebound like you were saying, he's reunited with Frank Reich, which is a pro. Uh, he's got so much talent around him, like you said, and the wide receivers and his offensive line. So, it's looking like a great year for Carson Wentz. And number two, I know Terry's saying Tannehill is very disrespected, and I agree with that, but um, if you're looking at just last season and the stats, he sh- uh, Tannehill should be above Wentz for sure, but It's just something about Wentz going to the Colts that I want to put him at number one, you know? So that's why I have Tannehill number two. I don't want to disrespect him or anything. He's a great quarterback. And then number three, I went with the Jaguars, actually. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick. We know about him. He's got so much hype around him. And honestly, if anything happens to him, they have Gardner Minshew, who's also a great backup quarterback. So That's why I went with them at number three. And then number four, like James was saying, uh, easily number one. But we don't know if they have Deshaun Watson to start the year or even if he'll play at all. So due to that, I wanted to play it safe and pick the Texans at four.
0: Yeah, I think you pretty much summarized my analysis there as well. Um, Yeah, Watson should be the best quarterback in this division. The only question is, uh, is he going to play? So, um, Nate, just getting to you, um, where do you see the quarterbacks in this division?
3: So I guess for the quarterback situation, I also put the Colts first, Titans second, the Jacks third, and Houston Texans fourth. Um. Tannehill, he's uh, really good. He's uh, really consistent every year. I just feel like Carson Wentz has more upside. He's been able to make it into the Super Bowl before. So um, both teams are also um, playoff-level teams, both the Titans and the Colts. So I guess just uh, considering that, I feel like Carson Wentz might be able to take a um, playoff-level team further than Tannehill potentially so I put the Colts first. Um, Tannehill he's good every every year like if you see him on a draft board you should definitely take a look at him and with Julio being on the team he's gonna have an even higher ceiling I just don't know how far he'll be able to take that ceiling um, this year so I just put him at two and then um, Trevor Lawrence he's Good. He's going to be good for sure. I just don't know how good he's going to be, so I put him at third. And then Tyrod Taylor, um, he's a good quarterback, but not really um, quite on the level as like maybe the other three. So let's put him at fourth.
0: Yeah, I think um, we're, we're pretty much on the same wavelength uh, for this division. Uh, there's just a couple um, – you know, players uh, swap between one and two, but I I get that. Um, uh, Definitely going to be a great um, season for this division in terms of the quarterbacks, just seeing development and so on. So we'll definitely have to check that out. But um, I guess this time um, I'm going to start with the skill positions here. Um, Just looking at the division, I have the Titans at one. I have the Colts at two. I have the Jags at three and I have the Texans at four. And I'll just sort of explain uh, the reason I have the Titans at one is because uh, their only real weakness is Anthony Ferkster, And it, it's not really a weakness. I, I feel like that um, he's still such a solid uh, tight end. Um, we saw Mete, like you said, last year, he had a start and he played really well. Um, so he's decent. And then they, I'd say they have the best running backs and the best wideouts in this division, Derek Henry, obviously we know what he can do. And then just looking at the wideouts, AJ Brown, Uh, Julio Jones Josh Reynolds Uh, I mean they got guys that that can play uh, that's for sure so um, definitely number one in in my eyes and then number two uh, I have the Colts obviously their running back room is amazing having guys like Jonathan Taylor 9m Hines Marlon Mack Jordan Wilkins they're they're really solid all the way through Uh, their wideouts being T.Y. Hilton uh, Mike Pittman Jr. Paris Campbell Zach Paschal I mean, they got guys that can play, they can ball. We've seen them, uh, especially last season. And then tight ends, obviously, um, having guys like Jack Doyle, Moali Cox. So um, definitely not guys uh, that we can sleep on, uh, that's for sure. Um, and then getting to the Jags at three, obviously, running backs are great. Uh, they have James Robinson and um, Travis Etienne. So definitely two solid running backs there. I could even mention Carlos Hyde because he's a great depth piece. Also, uh, looking at the tight ends, a little bit shaky. Tim Tebow, James O'Shaughnessy, Chris Manhurst, Luke Farrell. Um, a lot of a lot of them are they're just names. They don't really have much value. We'll definitely have to see uh, where they slot in this year. Obviously, at wideout, uh, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Laviska Chennault, Philip Dorsett. I mean, they have some decent wideouts. So put them at number three and then number four. Um, I have Houston here. Running backs, they have a, a, a big room. Uh, uh, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead. We'll have to see how they play. Uh, the wideouts being Brandon Cooks, uh, Andre Roberts, Randall Cobb, and Kiki Kuti. Um, definitely uh, some decent guys there. We'll have to see how they play. Tight ends leave a lot to be desired as well. Uh, Jordan Akins um, and Beverin um, Jordan, uh, Ryan Izzo. So, uh, yeah, I, I do have Houston at number four here. All right, Mete, let me get to you for the skill positions in this division.
1: Okay, so I actually agree with your rankings. So I went Titans 1. I mean, who else would we put here, right? They just added one of the greatest wide receivers of all time in Julio Jones. They have Derrick Henry, who just ran for 2,000 yards. And don't forget about A.J. Brown. And then they also added Josh Reynolds. So they're pretty stacked skills-wise. And even Anthony Furkser, I think he can have a breakout year. So, uh, number one, Titans. Number two, I went Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I mean, you went over pretty much all the names. I feel like their receiver depth could be better than Tennessee, honestly. But um, they just don't match up. Uh, like, number one, wide receiver-wise, nobody matches up to Julio Jones. Although Jonathan Taylor is great, uh, he doesn't match up to Derrick Henry, and then their tight ends are even weaker than the Titans. And then number three, I went Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, you pretty much went over all the names. Uh, They have pretty good receiver depth. They have two great running backs, like you said, but their tight ends are really weak. Like, uh, they don't have much experience as starters. And then... Number four was Houston Texans. They also have pretty good uh, wide receiver depth. Uh, outside of that, I know they have a lot of running backs. They're like decent running backs. They're not that great. Um, actually, uh, if they give uh, Philip Lindsay the starter role, he could break out, but we don't know with the stacked room or um, deep room that they have. And then uh, like we said, their tight end situation is not good as well. Looks like a trend in this division,
0: yeah. Definitely something I can agree on. Uh, with and then, um, Nate, let me just get to you now for your skill position rankings.
3: So, I looked at wreck and rush totals for both teams as well, didn't take into account the um. the Julio Jones trade and receptions. I put Colts 1, Titans 2, Texans 3, and uh, Jags 4.
0: All right. Um, Terry, I'll just bounce right to you now. Um, I guess, who do you like uh, in this division for skill positions?
2: Titans 1, Colts 2, Jags 3, and Texans 4. I mean, both of y'all or all three of uh, y'all basically covered most of the reasons why uh, Titans and Colts are one and two. Jags at three because of uh, their interesting depth at running back. Then those three wide outs, uh, O'Shawn, I believe. You get the guy.
0: We get it, yeah.
2: Uh, Shark, and then Marvin Jones. And then the Texans have great depth at running back, but then the question is, like, Kendall's depth wideouts and the tight end situation help them out in the long run and that's the main four i
0: have yeah i think it's pretty much straightforward when it comes to skill positions the titans seem to be miles ahead of everyone else in this division um but we'll definitely have to see how the rest of the positions shape out and speaking of the rest of the positions let's get to the offensive line now this time Mette i will start with you um i guess so which lines do you see as being stronger in this division
1: Yeah, so number one is the Colts offensive line. Uh, I don't have much to say. They're one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, sorry, uh, who's probably one of the best offensive linemen in the league as well. And then they even just signed Eric Fisher this offseason. So if they can get him healthy, that's a great addition to the team. And then number two is the Tennessee Titans, They also have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, They ranked sixth in run blocking last year, but they were 25th in pass blocking. So they got to work on their pass protection and protecting Ryan Tannehill. And then number three was the Houston Texans for me. I went with them because I believe their offensive line is also decent. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is one of their uh, big names on the line. He's a great pass protector. Uh, they added Marcus Cannon from the Patriots, so hopefully he'll help improve their line. And then number four is the Jacksonville Jaguars for me. Uh, they're one of the weaker O-line units as a team. Uh, they returned all five of their starters from last season. The car- the guard positions with Andrew Norwell and AJ Can are, those two are great pass protectors, so uh, they have good guards, but those two have to work on run blocking uh, with uh, for James Robinson and Travis Etienne. And then Brandon Linder is a name I was uh, intrigued with because he's a very underrated center. I believe in the league he's uh, I feel like he's been very consistent last um, three, four years. And then I think those three will help out Trevor Lawrence a lot, buying him time and, uh, they just need to be better. Uh, run blocking and their tackles gotta be, play better to rank higher in lists.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely some interesting offensive lines in this division. Um, Nate, let me get to you now. I guess so, which offensive lines did you see better in this division?
3: So I mostly just looked for sacks allowed for O lines. So, um, I guess considering that I put. Colts 1, Titans 2, Jags 3, and Texans 4.
0: Yeah, um, Colts seem to be a consistent theme here. Um, th- I'm thinking they are far above um, pretty much every other team uh, in this division. Um, yeah, I have the Colts on number one for offensive line. Uh, we mentioned all the names, Eric Fisher, Quentin Nelson. Uh, they just got uh, such a solid line overall. They got a lot of depth as well. Um, you know, they, they keep drafting, uh, great, uh, linemen, um, and even, um, guys like Jack Doyle can really help the line, uh, block as well. So he, he's very underrated as well. Um, looking at the Titans at number two, I had a tough time ranking the other three teams. I feel like that they're all pretty close to each other. Uh, the Titans, uh, I know Meta you did say they were good at run blocking, but I feel most of that was because of Derrick Henry and not because of the line. I feel like at times this line has, has not been at up to par for derrick henry i do like taylor Lewan on this line i do like some of the other guys that they have but i feel like um like you said they allow a lot of pressure sometimes definitely uh, something that needs to be addressed um and then i um, just looking at uh, houston who i have at number three um you know uh you mentioned laramie tunsell marcus cannon uh, and others on this team they got lane taylor as well uh, definitely some some solid uh guys there on the line. I just feel like that they've also allowed too much pressure. Deshaun Watson is scrambling out of his mind, uh, running around all the time. Um, They were decent for run blocking. Uh, David Johnson had a great year last year, sort of a rebound year for him, Uh, bounce back, if you will. Um, But yeah, so I I would say that they're the third best in this division. And then Jacksonville I have at four just because uh, James Robinson had a really tough time running with this line last year. And I really don't think this line has gotten a lot better from last year. You mentioned Brandon Linder as very good on uh, some of the other guys like AJ can and others, but I, I feel like that they should have addressed it more in the draft and they really didn't. Um, so I would put Jacksonville there at four, but yeah, Terry, let me get to you now for offensive line.
2: Uh, uh, all nine, uh undisputedly, you got to go with the Colts in the division. Second Titans, Texans, third, Jags, fourth. Uh, I really don't need to say anything about the Colts because they all basically covered it. Everyone's a top 10 locker at the position. Uh, with the Titans, I mean, I kind of agree with you on the case that Derrick Henry does make the line look better. Uh, But you can see, obviously, they do poor in the pass a majority of the time, but then they kind of excel or just play decent in the run blocking schemes. I mean, you got Layla, Luan, Rogers, Saffold, and then Ben Jones. They're all coming back. The big question is that right tackle spot because I believe Isaiah Wilson just got released. So just pay attention to the position battle there in the preseason. Uh, Texans, they have mid-tier O-line with guys like Laramie Tunsil, former Pat, as all y'all have been saying, Marcus Cannon. But then they're going to have to rely on, like, a former retired player in Justin Britt at center. So good luck with that. And then with the Jags, I mean, their interior linemen from the guards in the center, I mean, they're the bright spot in the O-line with guys like AJ Can, Andrew Norrell, and then I believe Brandon Linder. The tackles are going to be their biggest problem. And if you want to keep sunshine upright, that's where you're going to have to work on this whole entire season.
0: Yeah, don't take the Bengals' recipe from last year to keep their number one <laughs> quarterback on the field, because that clearly didn't work, so... Uh, They definitely have to get it together. Uh, Hopefully, guys uh, on the tackle, like you said, um, maybe guys like Jawan Taylor and others can definitely improve this year and keep him upright. But, um, yeah, let's just move uh, to the defensive front sevens. Uh, This time, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess uh, where do you see them
3: ranking out in this division? So for front sevens, I looked at um, opposing rush yards, opposing rush touchdowns. Uh, sacks, tackles, uh, forced fumbles as well. And um, I guess taking all these into account, I put um, Colts first, Titans second, Jags third, and the Texans fourth.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely uh, agree with uh, most of that. Um, Definitely uh, the Colts for me, um, I'll just get into mine right now. Um, I had Colts at number one i just taking a look at some of the players uh, on this defense here. DeForest Buckner, um, they just drafted Quiddy Pei. Um, they got uh, Bobby uh, Okeriki, uh, Darius Leonard. Uh, they got a lot of solid guys here. Um, they generate so much pressure. They can always make tackles uh, if you watch this uh, front seven. Definitely nothing to worry about for the Colts. Um, I also agree with you. Titans at number two for me. Uh, definitely some good guys they added. Danico Autry they added from the Colts, which is interesting because he was one of the better defensive ends in the division. Now going to a division rival will be interesting. Having Adding a guy like Bud Dupree as well, one of the really good uh, linebackers from Pittsburgh coming over there. And they just got a, a solid core overall. Uh, Their only issue has been generating pressure. That's one thing that I really have have not seen a lot of from this uh, Titans front seven, but definitely they are able to make tackles and getting guys like Autry and Dupree will definitely make this defensive front seven a lot better in terms of the pressure. Um, uh, I have Texans at number three. Uh, I think that this front seven is pretty underrated in my mind. Um, uh, Whitney Mercellus, Zach Cunningham, uh, Shaq Lawson, uh, Uh, Malik Collins among others Uh, these are some solid players Um, I know we shouldn't be sleeping on them I guess if they can uh, get uh, better coaching I think that was probably what the issue was uh, there on the defense the coaching was not very good last year I think uh, with a lot of the names they have here they definitely can can put a good uh, front seven together and then I do have the Jaguars at number four they do have a lot of Good pieces, though, I I will have to say. Guys like Josh Allen, uh, Miles Jack, uh, Joe Schobert, Leon Jacobs, and others, uh, there are some really good pieces here. They just sort of need to piece everything together because their defense was really poor last season. Um, And, yeah, uh, Terry, let me get to you uh, this time uh, for front sevens.
2: Front sevens, I mean, when I look at the defensive lines, uh, how should I say this? Not all of them – it out on paper, but then first off, you got to go with the Colts and the Forest Buckner, he's the key to this uh defensive line working down in Indy. And saying that they're gonna have to rely on youngsters like Quiddy Pay and Taekwon Lewis to produce the starting roles with the linebackers, they have one of the more scary units, Darius Leonard, Nuffstead, and then Bobby Cokery. I believe that's what his name is. Forgive me for the butchery. If he does better in the third year than he did in his sophomore year, then Easily the best front seven in the division. Uh, Titans at two, but Dupree, and then I believe the Nico Autry. They're brought in to improve the defensive line for 2021. And all eyes are going to be on Dupree because of his years back in Pittsburgh. So having said that, instead of him being one of the guys you worry about, he's going to be the guy to worry about. Uh, you also got Javon Brown. He's an effective linebacker down in the unit. And uh, what's his name? Rashawn Evans, I believe. Apparently, in some people's mind, he failed to develop, even though he hits like an 18-wheel truck. Um, Having said that, outside of that, uh, I just got Titans at two. Uh, Texans at three. They had one of the worst defensive lines, and that included J.J. Watt. So this year, we'll have to rely on guys like Ross Blacklock and then Charles Omidtonum to improve the line. Linebackers are the bright spot in this unit with Zach Cunningham being a tackle machine. And Christian Kersky and I believe Kamau uh, Gerger-Hill, the tremendous depth players, uh, had Jacks last. They have a nice potential with uh, Clavon, Chason, and then Josh Allen to be one of the better uh, edge rushers in the league. But outside of that, those tackles need some work. Then you got Miles Jack being one of the better linebackers at the start of the last year but then it eventually like fizzled out so that's why I got them in last
0: yeah I think pretty much agree there and then uh, just finishing off with you Mete, uh, what do you like for the front sevens here
1: all right so I actually kind of agree with Terry uh, the front sevens in this division were kind of weak but we had to put a first place team so it would be the Colts I mean guys went over the names, but when you have DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, you're going to be number one in the division. And then number two, I went with the Tennessee Titans. uh Their front le- front seven, oh my God, uh, is decent. But like you guys were saying, I think James was talking about it. They, uh, they need to get more pressure on the quarterback, and I agree with that, as they were ranked 29th in the NFL in team pressure last season. So uh, Bud Dupree really needs to generate more pressure, not just him alone, but they brought him in to generate pressure and he needs to do that. So, and then number three, I went with uh, Jacksonville. They're probably one of the weaker front sevens in the NFL, but they do have two first round picks in Josh Allen and Kayla Von chase who are still young. So hopefully they develop and can generate pressure for the Jaguars line. And then I went with the Texans uh, fourth. Like Terry was saying, uh, with J.J. Watt last season, they ranked uh, last, actually, in uh, defensive lines overall. And then their linebackers, I thought, weren't too great outside of Shaq Lawson. So I put them last.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty tough uh, to sort of judge the front sevens in this division a lot of them are s- sort of need to be on the upswing for this coming year um just getting to the secondaries now uh, this time terry i'm going to start with you um i guess who, who do you see being the best in secondaries in this division
2: let me just rank it quickly colts one titans two texans three jacks fourth um top 15 secondary with guys like xavier rhodes kenny moore second uh colts fans are probably going to meet want more out of rock yassin i believe that's what his name is uh, more specifically in the penalty department. So just avoid taking more penalties, and I feel like anyone will love you. Uh, Titans, they upgraded from Malcolm Butler to Janoris Jenkins, and they'll rely more on the youth in the secondary with guys like Amani Hooker and, I believe, Christian Fulton. Texans don't have the worst secondary, but it's not the best. Guys like Justin Reed at safety are reliable, and then you got Desmond King II and Bradley Robby, I believe. And uh, outside of that, I believe they're shallow at the position. Then you got the Jags. I mean, the secondary looks rebuilt. The question is, does the personnel fit the scheme? Uh, Guys like C.J. Henderson, Tyson Campbell, and Shaquille uh, Griffin, apparently they don't fit the scheme. But in some people's minds, we're going to find out uh, when they start playing in week one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely some secondaries that are, you know, pretty average. Uh, they just need to sort of improve. The young guys need to step up. But, um uh, Matty, I'll get to you now for secondaries.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, with Terry. I went Colts one. Uh, he talked about Xavier Rose already, but um, two seasons ago on his last year with the Vikings, a lot of people were not happy with his play and he rebounded amazingly with the Colts last season. And I think he had one of his best seasons in his long career. And then I like their safety, Julian Blackman. So that's the best secondary, I believe, in the AFC South. And then I went with the Tennessee Titans at two. Uh, they lost Malcolm Butler, but they um, added Janoris Jenkins to replace him. So that's a good pickup. Uh, I like Kevin Beard. I feel like he's one of the better safeties in the league for sure. And then... They'll be relying on their youth, Uh, Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton, and Amani Hooker. Those are uh, 22-year-olds, and they're going to be first-time starters in the NFL, so we'll see how they pan out. And then the Texans, I went with number three. Uh, Their secondary is honestly not too bad, Uh, Bradley Roby and Desmond King. They've been pretty solid last season for the Texans. And then Justin Reed, I believe, is a – good safety as well. He's been pretty consistent for the last couple of years. And then Jaguars, I went with number four. Uh, They're kind of like the Titans. They have a lot of youth in their secondary and right now we're just uncertain how they'll pan out. Uh, So I think they're like good. They're good. Sorry, but honestly they probably need time to develop and you might be wondering, oh, the uh, Titans are young, and why would you not put them uh, lower? But they have uh, veterans and Janoris Jenkins and Kevin BR to help them out, I believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the, the points you made were really solid there. I guess just looking at the secondary in my eyes, I do have Colts at number one. I agree with you. Julian Blackman is pretty much a star at safety for this team. I believe he was on the all-rookie team, is one of the best uh, players last season for them. Uh, definitely Xavier Rhodes, like you mentioned, great rebound season for him. Um, I believe Terry mentioned Kenny Moore, really solid uh, last season. Um, just looking at uh, the secondary for them, yeah, they're really solid. Um, you know, They were able to frustrate teams you know, like Green Bay and others uh, with their great coverage. I definitely like what they're doing there. Um, I do have the Titans at number two, but they're really close to the team I have at number three. Um, I'd say at number two, I have them just because uh, you mentioned Kevin Byard, uh, really solid. Uh, I've always been impressed with the way he plays at safety. They added Janoris Jenkins. Um, They have uh, Amani Hooker, Chris Jones. Um, They drafted Caleb Farley, uh, Elijah Molden. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great young guys, guys that can really step up. It's going to be a very talented secondary, I'd say, in the next season or so. So I definitely have them at number two. That was sort of the edge for me. Uh, number three, I have the Texans. Uh, guys like Bradley Roby, um, Justin Reed, Desmond King, Vernon Hargraves, although he hasn't been as great as of late. Uh, they are really solid players that they have. Um, they definitely can put together a good secondary uh, with the right coaching because they do have uh, playmakers there on the defense. Uh, So definitely I think that uh, some people are sleeping on the Texans uh, secondary, but I definitely like them. And then I have the Jaguars at number four, like you guys mentioned, there's just not a lot of uh, good playmakers here as of yet. They did bring in Shaq Griffin. Uh, We'll see how he fits. I know uh, some people have said the fit is not great. Uh, Other guys like CJ Henderson and others uh, definitely need to step up uh, this coming season. And um, yeah, that's just sort of where I have the Jags, but Nate, I'll just finish off with you on secondaries.
3: So I guess first, uh, secondaries, I looked at uh, opposing QB completion, um, interceptions and touchdowns from interceptions. So um, I guess looking at all of that, I put the Colts first, the Jags second and Titans third and the Texans fourth.
0: Um, do you have anything else uh, you want to say about it, or is that pretty much uh, it for um secondary?
3: Um, I guess that's uh pretty much it. I guess I can talk a little bit about um inter interceptions, uh, I guess, for the for that and the touchdowns. Um, the the Jags they got I think less interceptions overall than the Colts and the Titans, but they were able to um, generate more interceptions. Um, I think the Titans, they weren't able to get um, touchdowns off an interception last uh, season, but both the Texans and the Jaguars were able to. So I guess we'll have to see um, whether, I guess, both uh, Jacksonville and Houston will be able to repeat something like that this year
0: yeah i definitely agree the Titans secondary was not good last season uh, they're definitely a lot more improved coming into this year with all the draft capital and off-season moves that they spent on this secondary so we'll definitely have to see how that pans out but uh in terms of special teams uh, nate i'm sort of interested to hear on what stats you have uh, regarding your ranking of special teams
3: well, for special teams, um, as usual, I just looked at um, field field goals. Didn't really look too much at, um, I guess, the return the return team this time around. So, um, I just looked at field goal made, and um, I put the Colts first, the Tech the Texans uh, second, and Titans third, and uh, the Jaguars fourth. Uh, the kicker in Houston, he's really good. He makes all, a lot of field goals. So um, they're, definite, they're definitely good for that department.
0: Yeah, that's one thing about the Texans last year. I believe his name is like Fair, Fairbairn. Or, yeah, uh, they, they were taking a lot of field goals just because they weren't able to get touchdowns. So uh, they really needed to have a reliable kicker. Um, I guess for me, I have Colts at one as well. Um, I have Texans at two as well, Um, but I have the Jags at three and the Titans at four. Um, I'll I'll look over uh, the Colts. Um, Obviously, the pairing of uh, Rigoberto Sanchez at punter and Rodrigo Blankenship, that's one of the best in the NFL right there. Both of them are really solid at their positions. Then having Nyam Hines and Isaiah Rogers as your returners, uh, two uh, great uh, returners there, so I, I would put them at number one. Um, Texans, I have them at number two, like you mentioned, always making field goals. Kymie, Kymie Fairbairn is how you say his name. Um, Cameron Johnston, I'm not hundred percent sold on him for, for punting, but, uh, Kiki Kuti is definitely, definitely a good, uh, punt returner. So, um, I'd have them at number two, Jacksonville. I have them at number three, just cause of Josh Lambeau and what a good kicker he is. It's one of the probably top 10 solid options in the league, I'd say. Not 100% sold on Logan Cook as a punter. And uh, Chris Claybrooks, I guess, um, he's punt returning and kick returning. So we'll just only have to see how he does this season. Number four, I have the Titans. They have a lot of new pieces on their special teams. Um, I think they pretty much revamped it, uh, bringing in Brett Kern from Denver to punt. Cameron Batson is the returner and uh, Tucker McCann as their kicker. Definitely them losing Ryan Stuck up to Tampa Bay was a big loss last year as he was one of the better kickers. Um, So, yeah, they just don't have a lot of good pieces on the special teams, in my opinion. So I have the Titans at fourth. But, uh, Terry, let me get to you this time, I guess, on special teams.
2: Special teams is where I lack the most on this podcast, sadly. So forgive me of uh, all my incorrect information. But ranking-wise, I got Colts, one, Texas, two, Jags, three, and then Titans at four. Rodrigo Blankenship, Naheem Hines, and then Isaac Rodgers basically kicker uh, uh punt returner and I believe uh wait did I see kick returner my bad yeah, you kicker said kick
0: returner. Yeah. punt
2: returner and then uh kick returner uh second I got uh, the guys that you're trying to pronounce Kaimi Fairburn or Fairburn I believe and then you got Kiki Kuti he's been an excellent punt and kick returner as well at third I got Josh Lambeau and Chris Chris Claybrook uh We don't know that much about Chris Claybrook. Well, unfortunately, in my perspective, I don't know that much about him. But I know Josh Lambo is a decent kicker that can at least hit a 40-yarder in his sleep. And then the Titans have a lot of new pieces, as you said, Tucker McCann and then Cameron Uh, Not that much to say. Unfortunately, I don't know that much about those two guys.
0: All right, uh, Mete, let me get to you now uh, for special teams where you have each team.
1: Yeah, my ranking is exactly exactly the same as you and uh, Terry's. I have Colts at one uh, for the reasons you guys were saying and they were also ranked I want to say fourth or fifth last season in special teams units. So they're very solid there. Uh, Number two, I went with the Texans. Uh, You guys talked about all the names. Uh, I'll just talk about Kiki Kuti a bit. Uh, I'm a big fan of his actually. Um, He's going to be returning their punts and kicks and Last season, I picked them up uh, in one of our leagues um, late in the season and was putting up great points. So uh, look out for Kiki Kuti. And then number three was the Jaguars for me. Uh, They were actually surprisingly ranked kind of high in the special teams units for 2020. I think they were, I want to say 14th. I didn't write it down, so I'm just uh, guessing it. But I know they were like mid-level. And then uh they have Aldrich Rosas like we said um I'm surprised he's not on the Giants still I thought he was a pretty good kicker but I guess uh he's here in Jacksonville now and then number four I went with the Titans uh they were ranked 24 last season as a special teams unit and then I don't know I couldn't really recognize their names but I guess it's because like you said they revamped their uh special teams units so we'll have to see how they do this season
0: yeah um I think it's uh it's going to be interesting to see um how special teams uh, impact each one of these teams but let's get to coaching now um I guess I'll start um I want to say that uh I have Colts at number one Frank Reich really turned around this team last season made them I mean, a playoff contender um, with Philip Rivers at quarterback. I mean, Rivers, you know, just finishing off his career. He turned this team to re- to a really solid uh, offense. And I was really impressed by that. I think he he's going to be a solid coach. Plus, pairing him with Carson Wentz is probably going to elevate his status as a coach in the league even higher uh, if he can definitely turn around uh, Wentz's career and sort of get it back on track. So I have him at number one. Uh, number two, I have the Titans. Mike Vrabel, obviously, former Patriot, kind of have a soft spot for him. Um, He's a great coach. Um, I mean, he's taken like average pieces on this defense and made them solid enough to make the playoffs every year. You got to give him the credit for that. Um, And then obviously them losing Arthur Smith on the offense is going to be tough, which is why I couldn't have them at number one, Todd Downing. We got to see how he does this season. Uh, So I definitely have the Titans at two there. I'm at number three. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason I have them there is because Urban Myers pretty much won at every single level except for the NFL. So now is the time where he has to prove that he's a winner. Um, He's definitely hired a a great coaching staff around him. So uh, I do have them at number three because I think that he can produce wins at the NFL level as well. And then at number four, I have the Texans. I'm not trying to hate on David Um, uh, Everyone was saying that he was eventually going to be a coach in the league, and now here he is as a head coach. Uh, definitely got to see uh, what he does with this team. Obviously, uh, defensive coordinator uh, Lovey Smith. Uh, we've got to see what he does to sort of revamp this defense. Um, and, yeah, um, I definitely think that he will get more respect. We just sort of need to see results with him. Uh, this time, Mate, uh I'll get to you next.
1: Okay, so we're actually kind of, uh, we don't have that many similarities in our list for once. I went with the Titans that one. Uh, I like the job that Mike Rabel has been doing in Tennessee. He's been coaching them for three years and they haven't had a losing season under him yet. They've been nine and seven uh, at worst. And then he took uh, the Titans to AFC Championship game in 2019. He's got a 29 and 19 regular season record and a 2 and 2 playoff record. So I think he's number one in this division. Number two, I went with Frank Reich. Uh, I like the point you made about uh, Carson Vance. If he can turn his career around, uh, then he should definitely get some credit for that. Uh, He's also been coaching the Colts since 2018, Um, 28 and 20 regular season record and 1 and 2 playoff record for. Frank Reich as the Colts head coach and then number three I went with uh, David Culley's actually Um, I believe this is his first NFL head coaching job but I'm putting some respect on his name because he's had a lot of experiences with NFL teams prior to the Texans Uh, I think his last um, team he was on before the Texans was the Baltimore Ravens I want to say for assistant or something like that and then Number four was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban Meyer is a great NCAA coach. We know that, but now he's going to be playing or he's going to be coaching uh, in the NFL. So uh, I think it's a much different game, uh, NCAA and NFL. And then he also took a three-year hiatus from coaching. So we'll see how he does if he... uh, I don't know, maybe the three years um, gave him a break and he's more motivated now to coach. And then he's also going to be coaching the worst team in the NFL uh, last season record-wise. So that's also working against him. So we'll see how he does.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, uh, Nate, just getting to you, uh, where do you see the coaches in this
3: division? So I guess for the coaches, I kind of just looked at, each team's uh, record last season. Um, I put the Titans first, the Colts second, Texans third, and the Jags fourth. Uh, Both um, the Colts and the Titans were able to make it to the first round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, um, they both fell to really good teams. Um, The Ravens beat the Titans in round one by I think seven points, and the Colts lost to the Bills by three points. So it, they're both games that could have won either way, especially the Colts game. Um, that really impressed me how far they were able to um, push, I guess, push the Bills. And I guess for uh, Jacksonville, I think they're going to be in a better spot than Houston this year. But um, the record was worse last, uh, I think, last year. I think they had like one win, 15 losses. So... Not the best season by Jacksonville, Um, but I don't think they're going to have a repeat of that this season.
0: Yeah, I guess um, you pretty much echoed Mete's point there. Urban Meyer has to come in and coach the worst team of the league last year, so um, it is going to be a, a tough uh, task for him. Uh, Terry, let me get to you now, I guess, on, on coaches.
2: Yeah, I think if anyone saw Urban Meyer playing on the field, I think they would have a heart attack down in Jacksonville, Mente, <laughs> Anyways um my rankings i believe i had who was it titans one colts two jacks three uh texans fourth i think as both of y'all had different um rankings this time so thank god for that um first guy oh my god this is why i hate it because i can't remember these guys names
0: Um, i think it's mike variable you're starting with thank you (laughs)
2: um frank reich second Uh, We don't know what's going to go on with Carson Wentz, even though he has chemistry. Uh, Third, I have Urban Myers just because of his, uh, basically his resume across like almost every coaching, well, in coaching in general. And then fourth, I basically got whoever's on the Texans, if you get what I mean. Besides that, uh, I think it is self-explanatory. I ain't really got that much else to say. (laughs)
0: guy loves disrespecting bottom fear teams but I guess we'll just we'll go with that and uh, all right let's just sort of go through our, our totals um I'll start off by saying uh the Colts ended up finishing at number one for me I had the Titans at number two and I barely had the Texans edging out the Jaguars at number three and it was just by one point which is interesting 23 to 24 so um I think the Texans. Uh, from this, I, I just think that uh, the Texans are not as bad as everyone thinks they are. I think everyone's thinking they're going to go 0-16 if Deshaun's not there or whatever. I don't think that will be the case. They might have two or three wins at least. Uh, so definitely uh, something that I sort of t- uh, took a look at. But, yeah, that's my rankings. And, uh, Terry, I'll get to you.
2: Uh, my rankings, I believe I had India at one, Texans at – not Texans, Titans at two, Texans at three, and then Jacksonville at four. Uh, basically the same thing. I can say, like you, uh, a lot of people assume that without Watson, it's going to be a horrible team. But I feel like the defense might help them out in a couple of games. And that's all I got to say for that.
0: Yeah, Nate, let me get to you now, I guess, on your totals.
3: So for my totals, I had the Colts 1, Titans 2, Jacksonville 3, and the Texans 4th. Although I put the Texans fourth, I don't think they're going to get absolutely destroyed. I don't think they're going to have like a 115 or an 016 season this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's a similar um, thing between all of us. I, I think that the Texans, we don't feel they're as bad as a lot of people are saying they are. But yeah, Mete, let me get to you now for your totals.
1: Same list as Nate uh, Colts won. Um, if Wentz plays even close to his MVP season. uh, This team's going to be really hard to beat. Uh, Tennessee at two. um, They're really good as well. Their defense is not the greatest, though. Number three, I have Jacksonville. Uh, I like the youth they have, and I think Trevor Lawrence can help them out to be the third best team in this division, and then I went with Texans at four.
0: Yeah, um, I think pretty much in agreement with the Colts and Titans being at the top, Texans at Jags being at the bottom. That's pretty much the hierarchy in this division. Um, And then I guess uh, we'll move now into the projected record and the division for each team. Uh, Nate, this time I'm going to start with you. Um, I guess where do you uh, see uh, teams finishing in terms of their divisional
3: record? I guess um, for projecting the divisional records, um, I put the Colts as uh, five one, the Titans four two, the Jags two and four and Texans one and five. Um, I feel like the Colts they can beat um, any team in this division. So I think they'll be able to beat every everyone at least once and then they might be able to get another win off of either Jacksonville or Houston. And um, Titans, it's kind of like a similar situation they can beat, any team in this division. They might not be able to, um, I guess, beat every team twice. There might be like an upset somewhere. And then uh, Jacksonville, I feel like they might be able to upset another team, but um, being able to beat the Colts and the Texans twice is going to be a tall order for them this year. And the Texans, um, they should be able to um, get an upset against a team, but it's kind of hard to see um, how much success they'll be able to have considering how strong the other teams are.
0: Yeah, I I think I can agree with you mostly there. Uh, I'll start with the Texans. I had them one and five. Um, I think that they they lose the first game of the season um, to the Jaguars because I know the Jaguars do start out pretty hot. Uh, A lot of times, uh, even last year, they won their first game of the season. They didn't win after that. So, I mean, the Jags are known for a hot start. So I think the Texans, they lose early on, but I think they get their win in Jacksonville later on in the season because, you know, uh, these young guys aren't used to such long seasons. So maybe the the Jags might drop a game there. So that's where I sort of see Houston getting their win uh, against this division. Uh, Colts, I have them at four and two. I have them beating the Texans, uh, the Titans, and the Jags at home. And I think they'll also beat the Texans on the road as well. I have them losing to the Titans at home. And then the last game of the season, if they rest starters, I also have them losing to the Jags um, in Jacksonville. Um, Yeah, I'm projecting Colts to sort of be leading this division. Uh, If they rest guys like Wentz, Taylor, um, and T.Y. Hilton, and and guys like that, Buckner, um, Leonard, and these guys, yeah, I definitely can see Jacksonville's offense sort of capitalizing on them. Um, I have the Jags at two and four. Um, they'll get that early win uh, in Houston and then potentially they'll get that late win against the Colts. And then other than that, I think the other, uh, games in this division, uh, they'll probably lose those. So they'll shake out around two and four, uh, the Titans. I have them at five and one, uh, I see them being really strong against the teams in this division outside the division. I'm not sure. I think the Colts might be a bit better. Um, I have them beating the Colts uh, at home, uh, winning in Jacksonville, um, beating the Texans at home, being the Jags at home. And being the Texans in Houston, and their only loss comes in Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, I think that the Titans should be really solid uh, against the rest of this division. But uh, Terry, let me get to you now.
2: Uh, Titans five and one, Indy five and one, Jacksonville four and two, not four and two, two and four, and I got Texans at one and six. Honestly, I feel like in that late game between Indiana and I feel Jacksonville, Indiana def- is going to be. Uh, more stout compared to the Jacksonville young guns um, I feel like Jacksonville will beat out the Texans, leaving the Texans at one 6 and I feel like Tennessee and Indiana will beat each other one each so then that makes up for the 5-1 records and I feel like the Texans might be the
1: punching bag of this uh, division this week uh, year
0: Alright and then Matty, getting to you for your divisional records
1: yeah, so I went Colts at four and two, probably five and one if they're not resting their starters at the end of the season, but like you, um projecting them to be resting their starters, and then uh Titans five and one, I think they lose to the Colts. Wait, I don't think I did I say the Colts lose to the Titans and Jaguars before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So then yeah, Titans will lose to the Colts and that gives them five and one. And then the Jaguars, I did uh, two and four. I think they'll beat the Texans, and uh, they'll beat the Colts last game of the season or last week of the season, same thing. And then uh, one and five, I went with uh, the Texans. Um, they're going to beat Jacksonville once and then lose to everyone else.
0: Yeah, I think the Texans, they should be able to get at least one win in this division, right? Like, I mean, there's there's probably going to be an upset at some point. Uh, Terry obviously doesn't agree, but yeah. And I mean, yeah, if Deshaun Watson comes back, that whole thing changes. He can mm-hmm. beat any team in this division with his arm and his legs. Uh, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But uh, Or else, um, that's probably the wild card in this division at this point. Um, I guess any last
3: thoughts? I'll start with you, Nate on the division? um, I think this is uh, I, a division that I think is going to probably get stronger over the years. Um, we'll see if Deshaun Watson comes back. If he does, the Texans will become a really strong team. Uh, Jacksonville, they're probably going to be a really strong team in the future. Trevor Lawrence, like I said, he's like a, he a QB2 in fantasy um his potential is only going going to grow he can throw for over 3000 yards he can get touchdowns i actually think his last season in college was probably his best season when you take into account that he only played 10 games out of um out of fifth i think he played 15 games the other years before so um a lot of potential down in jacksonville for sure
0: yeah i think this division really comes down to three game breakers Um, one of them is Derrick Henry. Um, another one is Deshaun Watson. And I think the third one is DeForest Buckner. I think, um, if any of those three guys are not in the lineup for a game, I think that really puts their team at a disadvantage. Um, I think uh, those three teams, um, the, the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts are really reliant on those three players. Um, so if anything happens to any of those three, I think that Jacksonville could, could really. A step up because trevor lawrence is is sort of going to develop into that type of player as well i believe so um there's a cornerstone in each one of these franchises i think that they can sort of build around um i don't know mette do you have any last thoughts on this division
1: yeah this team should probably be a two uh horse race with the titans and uh colts but like we said we don't know about deshaun watson so if he is playing you can probably give them a chance to even win this division, but the Colts should probably win this division. Uh, I think the Titans have a chance of winning, though, if their defense plays better than last season, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike Vrabel's defensive specialist as a head coach, so, I mean, you really can't sleep on them, no matter who they have on that defense. I guess, Terry, do you have any last thoughts?
2: I mean, I'll say for almost every one of these ranking videos, everyone got their own criteria, and good for them. I ain't going to judge you. I ain't going to shoot on you guys for whatever opinion you guys have. Honestly, uh, I guess we can all agree on that. We didn't put Deshaun Watson in most of our analysis. So that's why we had Texas in so low. If Watson does play, he can easily steal a game, as James always mentions. And honestly, we're going to see the progression of Sunshine this year. And, I mean, that's all I got to say.
0: Yeah, definitely an interesting division to look at. So definitely one that we'll be keeping an eye on as we uh, get through the season. But uh, that's going to be the end of Fanatics football. Uh, Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll be posting picks for games, NHL, NBA, NFL. So definitely take a look for that. Uh, We'll have other content as well, like pickups. So definitely check us out. Uh, We're on YouTube for the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Uh, like, subscribe, share, On YouTube, hit the bell for notifications. Just go ahead and leave us a review, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, guys, uh, for this division preview. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.